Hi everyone, I'm Daniel. I'm Holly. And we are the hosts of Murd Up, a murder story podcast. It's just me reading murder stories to Daniel that he knows nothing about. Nothing at all. Like Jon Snow. So I'm just like, uh, what? And are you serious? And a whole lot more. It's one case per episode and it comes out every Monday. You do not have to be a true crime fan to enjoy. That's right. I'm not. Yes. But I, uh, I enjoy it. But if you are a true crime fan... That works too. There it is. Murder Up Mondays. MurderUpPodcast.com. See ya. Peace. In a booming mining town nestled in the Gansu region, a Chinese Jack the Ripper walked frustrated down the streets, looking like an unassuming father. Only one of the girls that caught his eye would ever live to tell the tale, and she was unimaginably lucky. said he was having eye problems that maybe he was like there's water coming out of my eyes and i don't know why <laughs> have you uh have you never heard that jordan no why didn't you come to work today no because i have eye problems i couldn't see myself coming to work uh, <laughs> is that the joke that brad tried to make no <laughs> no that's what i would that's oh, i taught him that joke and okay. since brad is half a dad he'll laugh at it <laughs> he finds weird shit funny yeah. I, I don't get it he's beautiful <laughs> i don't get the dad joke thing mm. it's just like i look at it and then i just kind of stare blankly and i'm like i why is this funny yeah, i great. mean there's been some that have gotten me but yeah for the most part i'm in the same boat Jordan, as Cody. tell us your best dad joke uh, You're an aspiring father, so tell us your best dad joke. Come on, Jordan. <laughs> you've seen a million faces and you've <laughs> had unprotected sex with a few of them. <laughs> uh, shit, I can't think of any right now. See what happens when you put me on the spot, yeah, Cody. That's what happens. He's a professional, guys. There's uh, someone we need to contact, uh, Crystal. She's the master of fucking dad jokes. She knows them all. Why'd you roll your eyes, Adam? <laughs> because she knows them all is why. What is it, midday midday work jokes at Instagram or something? Isn't it like middle class Steve or something? Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. middle class fancy. There you go, middle class fancy. Okay, do you think those are funny, Jordan? Yeah. They are funny. <laughs> some of them are yeah. funny. Not all of them. Some of them are funny. Some of them are, though. Uh, hello, welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. My week has been great. Sitting across from me is Cody. Hello. How was your week? Oh my god, it was fantastic. I was on cloud fucking nine. Did you accomplish all your goals in both work and personal life? Uh, 75%, I think. What were the 25% you didn't? Well, I didn't finish my podcast research. That's what I didn't finish. Well, why would you need to when I'm doing the episode today, <laughs> stupid? You know how weird I am. I have to, like, meticulously keep working all the time. Yeah. Because I'm special. You're a little bit special. My little boy's a little special. It's like a weird compulsion that I need someone to help me stop. Yeah. But you know what? No, just keep making podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. I do it because I love our fans, Cody. god yeah. damn it. Our, our listeners. I wish I had Jordan's mentality of going home and waiting till Saturday morning uh, before we record to start working on it. <laughs> but I can't do that. I cannot do that. And speaking of the lazy bastard right now, <laughs> is Jordan sitting across me? How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. How was your week? Pretty good. Did you accomplish everything in both your personal and professional life you set out to? Uh, Probably. Are there anything you didn't that you wanted to? <laughs> nah. All right. That's fine. Stonewall did Jordan. Did you... <laughs> ask your crush out what did you ask your did crush you ask out? your crush out i don't even know if i have a crush right oh, now oh that's the he's sign a of a shy man boy. That has a crush. he's a shy boy okay somebody heal his shy little heart like 
I'm not one to really ask people out because I know it's going to be a hard no from them. Uh-oh, that you sounds like it, the you, depression. You texted uh, Destiny, that's her name, and you said, hey, do you want to come over for some grilled cheese and mayonnaise sandwiches? And then you know what happened? <laughs> Somebody knocked on the door and it said, Mr. Opportunity, uh-huh. and then he fucking punched Jordan in the nose. Because Jordan sucks. <laughs> okay, Jordan, did you do anything besides go home and sleep every day this week? Uh, I went out with my brother and a couple friends last night right. for a little bit. Did you get ripped up? Not really. Did you get toe up till you oh. throw up? No. Did you get toe up till you snow up? No. <laughs> so Did I... you get toe up till you flow up? <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. All right. So I heard a rumor, Jordan. I want you to answer it. Uh, so you drive Uber and Lyft, right? Yes. Now, I've heard because it is St. Patrick's Day weekend... You are allowed to do Uber with a uh, 1.0 or lower blood alcohol level. Is that true? Uh, they I can it? neither confirm nor <laughs> deny, but I can put that theory to the test. Yes, you can. <laughs> are you going to be wearing a leprechaun outfit when you head out? No. You have Come the beard on. for it. Listen, all I have been doing like today, because I went out driving earlier, is uh, I was I just put on like flogging Molly. So I was like, eh, maybe this sure. will make people sure. think it's decent. Aren't, hey. Aren't they goddamn Romanians? Why are you playing that? Oh, shit. Yeah, those goddamn Romanian <laughs> them, yeah. them garlic-eating Romanians. Those Armenians. Cody, you're thinking of Gogol Bordello. <laughs> yeah, man, you're thinking of Belbit. Is that Tavo. a softcore porn that plays at in Cinemax at, like, 11 p.m.? <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure I've heard that one before. That's where our Craig... What the hell's his name? Daniel Craig. I think he was in one of those. The, the James Bond. Yeah, of course. He did a he did a softcore porn. One of those ones. I could see that. Yeah, I know we got to start on like the PBS uh, British <laughs> baking show. No, hold up. I know we got to start on the PBS Actors Guild. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. It's yeah, like a no. British play that they do every week. On PBS. Did uh did I tell you guys I think it was last weekend You were watching PBS? Close. It maybe it was like two weekends ago. It was one of the weekends where it was like fucking like negative ten. Guy comes knocking at the door. He's freezing. He's got a goddamn clipboard asking me if I want to donate to PBS. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, go home. Yeah. Okay. PBS is not worth fucking frostbite, dude. They're, In I'm some so, people's eyes, it is. Maybe that's their play. It's like, this man will get some heat if you give him some money. Yeah, I didn't feel... I like. I was uh, clever because I only stuck my head off the door because I didn't want to go fully outside to get cold. And I was mm. hoping he would like go away, mm. but uh, he didn't go away. Should have just answered the door naked. <laughs> Does that get him to go away? Yeah. I need that no soliciting sign. That's what I need. The one Brando has? Okay, is... Someone asking for donation technically soliciting? Yeah. yeah. They're soliciting a donation. Okay. Yep. All right. Although um, I think I heard somewhere that those no soliciting signs, it doesn't matter because they're actually not like any kind of a legal thing. Yeah. Well, if you can get it at Home Depot, it's probably not legally. <laughs> not legally. You know what the binding. best no soliciting sign is? Shotgun. A shotgun in your hand when you answer the door. Ain't that right? All right, Texas. All right, uh, ring oh, shit. I just remembered there. something terrible that happened this week. Uh-oh. You Did you shoot him. somebody? When you brought up Daniel Craig, I saw Craig at the gas station. Oh, oh. No. Was he eating a tornado? No, he was getting gas. But I, like, walked out, got in my car to head to work, and I got a text from Craig saying, Hey, are you up? And I was like, what the fuck? Does he, like, need help with something? He's like, are you at SA right now? And I was just like, huh? Looked around, I was like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Mm. He, he said, hey, Jordan, I had a bondage rope incident again. Can you come untie me? <laughs> Can you imagine just going into his house and he's just, like, completely wrapped up like a fucking, fucking pig in the blanket oh, God. here? I think I would vomit. <laughs> like a spring turkey. He's got, like, a fucking Speedo on and oh. shit. He's all oiled, so it makes the ropes really slippery. <laughs> it's going to be real hard to is wrangle this... him once he's loose. Craig Wrangler. Everybody, you can listen to Craig on the Summoning Stone podcast. Yes, please do. Please do. Please do. 
if you are a big fan of World of Warcraft and want to, and you're thinking about quitting the game, uh, listen to that because you probably never want to play it again. <laughs> and if you're a big fan of World of Warcraft, this region that I'm going to be talking about in my story today Uh-oh. is huge for farming gold in that specific game. They're nuts over there. And that's called China. Oh, we're going to the China, rising, oh. the rising sun state. No, no, nope. <laughs> very wrong nope. in multiple ways. Nope. The setting sun country. No, nope. nope. very You're... racist now. <laughs> just... uh, well, it was racist at first, and now it's just fucking xenophobic. Uh, today, I got most and all of this information. Most of it, I will say, the biggest chunk of it from the New Republic. From a piece, a huge investigative piece by a guy mm. named Robert Foyle Hunwick. And I got to say, when I found this case, I knew it was going to be perfect for us. Mm. We haven't uh, we haven't really uh, messed around with like uh, any Asian countries yet. Yeah. So this will be perfect. I'm Mr. International is what they call me. <laughs> you do do a lot of international no, shit, don't you? I no? do mostly... Minnesota. That's right. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Maybe Between... <laughs> Oh, it is you. <laughs> Between 1988 and 2002, multiple women were murdered in the Chinese cities of Bayan, Gansu Province, and Bautu in Inner Mongolia, which lies roughly 500 miles to the northeast. China and their authoritarian government have been fantastic at keeping official documents and information on almost <laughs> everything behind an iron wall of silence. Mm. But when heinous shit happens, stories will always slip out. He was known as China's Jack the Ripper, and his victims were young, female, gorgeous. Their bodies had all been horribly desecrated. The killer was said to favor long-haired girls in high heels wearing red. Sounds a little like uh, Jordan here. Jordan? Yes. Care to Aren't elaborate? you a red high uh, heels well, boy? I, I like putting on a nice long wig. Some high heels and my little red dress and okay. stroll around town. See, this, really would, flipped it on this would be a perfect costume for you to be Ubering tonight. Yes. Just dress up like a hot... Victim. Uh, yes. <laughs> the only thing that might give me away is the copious amounts of chest and back hair. Okay, you dress up like a woman, you get Craig and bondage ropes in the passenger seat, head out on the town... It's the perfect... I feel like we get pulled over and subsequently arrested immediately. You're both white. They're both fine. Yeah. No, they'll just be like, all right, listen, I don't know what these two are up to, but it's probably some illegal shit. Hold on now. Craig's a ginger. That's counts for something. Yeah, it's St. Paddy's. He gets to he gets yeah, a freebie. He's, he's mm. gonna be the cops at punching bay. Yeah. Ah, okay, They're gonna perfect. sock him around and say pot of gold, chubby pot of gold. <laughs> the blackjack's coming back for That's Craig. <laughs> In August 2016, nearly 30 years since the initial slaying, and after roughly 14 years of inactivity from the killer, Chinese police arrested and revealed to the public a man nobody would have suspected. A reclusive 52-year-old father of two named Gao Chenyang, who owned a grocery store with his wife. Why would you ever hmm. kill anybody if you own a grocery store? It doesn't make sense. You already got everything you need. I know. A, you got a grocery store. Hey, the meat <laughs> department could have been running low. Late <laughs> shipment. Jeez. I hope he's not a monster like that. No. But we'll find out. Upon his arrest, the Chinese media reported that Gao confessed almost immediately. During his sentencing in March of 2018, prosecutors only went after the official charges... The rape, mutilation, and murder of 11 women. Uh, those are some hard mm. charges. <laughs> yeah. From 2016 to 2018, the two years Gao was under arrest but not sentenced, the reasons for his crimes have remained as elusive as the killer himself, thanks to the completely unassuming perpetrator and a compulsively secretive law enforcement. The reasons for the secrecy are twofold. One, of course, being the hard-fisted government and the other being the forensic incompetence of a developing police force during decades of rapid and chaotic economic development. That would do it. Yep. But why did Gao suddenly give up his hobby in 02? There's a lot of speculation, but no real answer. Some think Gao was starting to face a lot of familial pressure. He had two kids who were growing to adolescence, and also nursed his sick father until his passing. Hmm. But the reason I think he quit altogether is because of a botched attempt in 2001. It went like this. Chinese New Year was raging. The week-long celebration of fireworks and family meant to scare up good fortune and dispel the evil spirits was in full effect. Woo! And Gao was on the prowl once more. 
he picked a young worker walking home from her shift and followed her a ways behind. This was his usual technique. He'd done it at least ten times before and had perfected it. But things didn't go as planned on that winter's night. Since his crimes were already known throughout all of China, the target realized the danger and fought back tooth and nail, getting to her home, locking the door, and calling for her husband. Smart girl. Mm -hmm. So can I take a guess? Okay, this sounds why he might have stopped, but I have another theory. Let's go. In 2002, the hit show The O.C. ended, I believe. Did it? And it did. And yeah, it just drove him, drove him in a... Or maybe Laguna Beach started. Oh, that could... You know, <laughs> yeah. it's either the fall of Misha Barton or the rise of Lauren Cohan, right? Uh, and Kristen... No, Lauren Conrad. And, and yeah. Kristen... Who's Jay Cutler's wife? Oh, Kristen Cavallari. Yeah, she's on, she was on there too. Was she? I yeah. think she might have came in like season two. I did used to watch that show. I we shouldn't admit it, but yeah, I used to watch I it. I think I watched it and hated all of them. See, Gal wasn't killing. He couldn't quit finding out what them pesky Orange County gals were up to. Was yep. that O2, Honestly, uh, uh, I was in high school still. I think so. Because I probably <laughs> to that show. If you know what I'm saying. He jumped on your bed. I might have done a little. <laughs> because I might have so opened excited. and closed the gate a few Adam, times. Adam, quit jumping on that goddamn bed when the OC's on. <laughs> it was then, she said, that her would-be killer appeared outside her window, grinning. When her husband reached her in the house, the couple checked again, and there he still was, laughing. By the time police had arrived, the smiling bastard had vanished into the celebratory evening. Blending into the firecrackers and corks. Dude, that is so fucking creepy. If I woke up and someone was laughing out my window, dude, that there's not much creepier oh, than that. Oh, this guy chased her and fought her into the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Also, it would be impressive if someone were laughing Can in your window. Because okay. they'd have to really want to creep you out. Yeah. They'd have to get a ladder. <laughs> yeah, that's like a creepy pasta. Ooh, I think I have a ladder that's Jordan, that tall you, at home. do you sleep on the first floor? No. Damn it. I would have got him. Get a ladder. I'm going to put Craig hanging with bondage ropes outside the tree outside your house. <laughs> a paper mache? Yeah. I don't think he's we have a tree a big enough to hold him. He's going to be a bondage pinata hanging outside Jordan's fucking <laughs> Listen, window. I will get a stick and beat the shit out of that fleshy Beautiful. pinata. He'll explode with Warcraft mounts. <laughs> <laughs> One of the would-be victim's friends had this to say. Our parents used to talk about it sometimes. When we were growing up, kids weren't allowed to go out after dark. And my mom never let me wear it. <laughs> and my mom never let me wear anything red. Mm. Gao's first victim was 23. Her body had 26 knife wounds. Holy fuck. Chinese Jack the Ripper was only one year older than Bai at this time. Whose friends and family always called her Little White Shoes. Did she wear uh, brown boots? I well, think she wore Timberlands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. What, are, what were the white shoes that were really popular in like 2002? Air, Air Force, Force Ones. ones. <laughs> yeah, there you go. In court, he would claim that this was only meant to be a burglary when he broke into the bungalow where her family lived. Bai woke up during the home invasion, and in a desperate attempt to silence her, he ended up strangling her to death. Uh. Her brother was in his room a few feet away and didn't hear a thing. You see, Bai had just gotten a fancy new tape deck, and she had the volume up all night long. Gao sat after the murder, flipping through Bai's photo albums, staring at the girl's frozen image for hours. Then he destroyed the pictures and went home to his pregnant wife. This would become an important part of his process. Burn after reading. Okay, what jam would she, would she have been playing on that tape deck? I was trying to think of who sings the theme song of the OC. I have it in my head, but I can't mm. envision. Oh. Maybe it's like Matchbox 20. Were they around at the Oh, yeah, they <laughs> were don't know huge that. at the time, yeah. <laughs> it's probably Train. I keep thinking of the Malcolm in the Middle theme song, and that's really... <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting stuck there. Life is unfair. That's exactly the sting I was thinking of. This and I pictured waves crashing in on a beach. <laughs> Either way, that's creepy as fuck sitting staring at her fucking yeah. photos, though. Yep. Six years went by without him killing in Bayan, but the city would soon begin to collapse in on itself. Bayan, literally translating to silver, 
is a mining city in the Gansu region, which lies in the middle of China, slightly to the north. The reason for its existence is, you guessed it, mining. Mm. During the Mao era, the city had been a flagship of the planned economy, an industrial powerhouse built on wealth from copper ore. Miners and metal workers were sent from all over the Republic to help extract this beautiful wealth from the impoverished Gansu region's dusty bowels. So this probably uh, really helped the economy. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my good lord, yes it did. <clears throat> so was it mainly just copper or was there silver too? There was also silver, but okay. copper was definitely the main thing. Yeah. They loved it. Copper is quite valuable, actually. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. That's why crackheads steal it from houses Mm -hmm. all the time. That's why Detroit, there's none left. (laughs) (laughs) Women from other work units and state-assigned professions were sent afterward to join them and start families and create new miners. After a while, the city began to flourish. Sixth Tone, the Shanghai-based newspaper, reported, Buy-in metals employees were the city's trendsetters. They were the first to have perms, turtleneck sweaters, Mm. bell-bottoms, whatever was popular at the time. The people of Bayan were certainly different from those of other parts of Gansu. Okay, so this is 1988, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Why are they just getting bell-bottoms now? Because it's China, 1988. Okay, they're in a weird world. Bell-bottoms is like 60s. Turtlenecks is like 98. Well, you see, the thing is, Cody, (laughs) this all happened. In the uh, Mao era, which is like 53 to 60. So, like, this is... Since all of this happened, this town has been... Bayan has been going up. So, they've been on the cutting edge of fashion ever since they started out down there. Like, damn girl, I love those bell-bottom Levi's you rockin'. Hell yeah, man. Oh, they love it. (laughs) Hey, that shit's starting to make a comeback now. Yes. I mean, well, right now it's like fucking 90s. Anybody, yeah. anybody who wants to cringe, go back and watch any fucking, like, coming-of-age TV show from the 90s in their attire. <laughs> That's what people are wearing now. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, crew necks with, like, gross designs it's on them. There, there is, like, one sect of hipster I've been seeing <laughs> a decent amount of lately that is straight-up, like, rockin' 70s-style, like, Good. bell-bottoms. And- God Let's go. damn it. Now they're, like crossbreeding and branching off into their own little sex. It's yeah. awful. Fucking hipsters. They're all going to live in different timelines. We're going to have the Mad Men over here, the, <laughs> that 70s show over there. You can tell he belongs to that crew with the douchey haircut he's rocking right now. Yeah. You see that man with the jerry curls? He's part of the 80s hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> the timeline of the People's Republic of China is split distinctly by historians into the Mao era and the post-Mao era. Mm. One thing to understand, during the Mao era, collectivism and community bonds were everything. This is not uncommon among Asian countries, and is in fact almost unique to the region. Land expansion was rapid, and between 49 and 59, landowners were executed en masse. Mm. The country went through a great transformation, seizing the means of production from rich owners, and converting all business to state-run business. You know, one of the quick thing, one of the uh, when I was at the Museum of Death, they have a whole section for like the Mao era executions. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, those are some some bad fucking pictures. Like Brutal that. and efficient. The uh what was the famous one, the like thousand cuts or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Death by a thousand cuts. That or... is that's bad. It's <laughs> a gross picture, my dude. Oh. The collectivism was bolstered by the country's household registration system called Huko, <laughs> which forced almost all Chinese citizens to remain in their birthplace. Huh. China was rapidly industrializing, much like the U.S. did in the late 1800s. Huko was starting to relax all across the country as citizens were needed to populate and work different regions as needed. This kickstarted a blossoming blue-collar population who now had access to recently developed infrastructure such as railroads, freeways, and ports. I'm just cringing at the thought of having to live in Iowa my entire life. (laughs) No. I'll be like, just give me the thousand cuts, please. the government locked you there. (laughs) Just kill me. It's it's fine. I mean, listen, I wish they would have done that. Exactly like the U.S. about three decades earlier with the likes of H.H. Holmes, the Cleveland Torso Killer, and the Mad Axeman of New Orleans, Mm. 
This leap forward in transportation infrastructure started giving started giving burgeoning Chinese serial killers a steady diet of low-end migrant day laborers, runaways, sex workers, addicts, and vagrants. Easy targets that nobody will miss. Hmm. Like H.H. Holmes, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, uh, nobody came looking for their little baby. Well, they're like uh, double bad because you got the government killing them and then you got serial killers killing them. So it's, uh, it's definitely not good. It's a predator market out there. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, uh, China had a serial killer who's like, I think he was like number two of all, all time for murders. I can't mm-hmm. remember what his name is. And I think he was operating around this time too. I've got, uh, I've got some, I got a list a little later on in the episode mm-hmm. here. Perfect. So maybe, maybe he'll show up on there. Ooh. Perfect. As Bayan's ore started to dry up at the end of the eighties, the mining town lost its shine. All the bougie metal workers and miners had fallen on hard times. And the ruthless government began dismantling all mining operations in the region. Bayan's wealth and revolutionary trend-setting image fell off completely and were replaced by mass migration, unemployment, and youth gangs. Damn youths. Damn right. (laughs) Fucking sharks and jets. So are they allowing them to move now, or is it just they're just moving? Because of uh, the relaxation and the Mm, blossoming capitalist society, that hukou is being forced to... Step back so workers can go where they're needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Gao's second killing spree came in July 1994, where a 19-year-old cleaning girl disturbed a man wandering the dormitories at the Bayan Power Supply Bureau. Gao slit her throat and stabbed her 36 times. Four years later, a 29-year-old third victim was found naked with 16 wounds and a brand new signature move. Parts of her scalp and ears were missing. Only three days after the third killing, Gao butchered again, this time taking portions of his victim's breast and torso. So is he, like, building his own perfect woman at home with all this? <laughs> it never is explained why he... T- well, it sort of is, but we- you'll see. It's a super mess. Like, see, I'm thinking, like, how many times he's stabbing the girls? Like, obviously we know that's, like, overkill and, like, yeah. extreme anger towards women, obviously. Oh, yes. So... Oh my goodness, extreme. 36 times is a lot. Incel anger, it feels like. <laughs> yes. But he's married with children, so I don't exactly... Maybe his wife's cucking him. <laughs> Returning to the communal dorms of Bayan's Power Supply Bureau, Gao ran into eight-year-old Meow Meow at six in the evening, waiting for her parents to get back from work. He raped the child, strangled her with a leather belt, then poured himself a cup of tea from the pot in the kitchen table. During interrogation, police would ask how old Gao's own son was at the time, and he replied, 10. The interviewing officer said this to the Beijing News. I stared at him, and he stared back at me for almost 10 seconds before lowering his head. My fist was raised, and I almost slammed it into his face. I can understand why. Yes. He deserves it. Yeah. So now he's changed his MO a little bit. From? From, um... Because the people he was attacking before were teenagers or older, right? Yeah. And yes. now this is an eight-year-old. Oh, yes. It's, oh, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this is, uh, this is his youngest victim. Mm. Eight. Ugh. Disgusting. Four months later, a young factory worker named Kui Jinping was found horribly mutilated in a pool of blood by her mother. This was Gao's fourth kill in a single year, and the city was now in a full panic. Police began sweeping neighborhoods, going door-to-door and interviewing everyone, tossing apartments, doing whatever they could to find a clue or even a goddamn lead. Did they, Do you think that they kind of um, had, like, the discussion of, like, what a serial killer would have been in, Japan, in China? See, it's uh, it's really rough because, because of the way the government is, they don't want police to be talking to the media at all yeah. or giving them anything. So it's basically any drawings they had, any evidence they had was only internally shared among the police, mm. not released to the public. Yeah. All right. It's just kind of fucked up. It's kind of reminding me of like the USSR uh, serial killers. It's Perfect. just like. <laughs> because their society <laughs> yeah. is based on the USSR. They can't catch them and it's they just, can just like go they, free. Don't, they yep. don't really know what they're looking for. and. Mm-hmm. Unknowingly, Chinese authorities were sitting on mountains and mountains of evidence that would lead them directly to the killer if they could put it together. There were DNA samples collected from multiple crime scenes. But at the time, forensic analysis was still in its infancy, and budgets were extremely tight. 
In fact, up until the mid-80s, Chinese police didn't even have uniforms, stations, squad cars, or tactical equipment. What? <laughs> they ride horses around or what? They, they just, like, showed up in plain clothes and policed an area, basically. <laughs> See, I have blue clothes on. That means I'm an officer. <laughs> hey, you. What are you doing over there? Stop running. You're just in a champion sweatshirt, dude. What? No, that Fuck would be off. great if he was like, I'm a cop. I'm heading to a crime. I'm like, oh, okay, carry on, fellow officer. See this cardboard star? I'm a police officer. <laughs> there had to be one dude that, like, made his own badge out of paper or something. God, I hope very so. Very easy. To- Officer Yang. Officer dipshit Yang. I could see it's very easy to, easy to uh, impersonate an officer here. Is that uh, because they all look the same? No, that's because you could just wear a blue uniform. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so you're the racist one. No, of course. You, you could wear anything. <laughs> yeah, racist. You, all you, you had to do the... was apparently say you're a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to try that sometime. Just be like, no, I'm a cop. Get on the ground. <laughs> oh, okay, sir. Try it, Jordan. Okay, sir. Are you going to cuff me? I'm a late 70s just Chinese cop. Just because you copy. tie up Craig does not make you a police <laughs> officer. <laughs> well, I'd say that makes me more of a farmer. Because now I can hog pass only. In 1983, a pair of gun-toting murderous brothers went on a six-month robbery spree that left over a dozen dead and wounded, including several soldiers and officers. This was the spur in the ass the government needed to realize, hey, if we're an emerging capitalist superpower, where people are going to covet and violently take other people's shit, a well-funded and serious police force... Is needed. Mm. There you finally. finally a good idea for from no China. Shit. You know what? I always find it interesting. Like obviously, um, because we've studied, uh, like say Marianne Cotton, we kind of got to see how England grew, went through the industrial area. Obviously, we know how America did it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat to watch these developing countries kind of slowly go through that transition, mm, but at definitely. a much rapider pace. God. <laughs> They, they have to jump right in. Yeah. Like, yeah. they got to play catch-up and yeah. then start pushing the envelope themselves. I always find that super neat. In northeast China in the mid-90s, the region was definitely over-criminaled and under-policed. Factory closures had left millions unemployed and without the skills to find new jobs. There was mass unrest in many places. And unlike America, quelling protests means getting bloody. Mm. Lacking a welfare and social security system... Many resorted to petty crime to make ends meet. Amid this cacophony of madness, those who had a penchant for darker deeds could operate almost undeterred. Exactly like you were talking about with mm-hmm. the Soviet Union earlier. Mm-hmm. Under police uh, and all this other shit that's, uh, that's just a bad soup to leave out there. And with all these migrants that are just walking mm-hmm. around the place. Yeah. By 1994, there were almost certainly several serial killers aside from Gao at large in the area. According to a source in the Regional Public Security Bureau, who spoke to a Western publication under extremely strict anonymity, <laughs> this source painted a picture of the region that was bleak indeed, where unemployment, despair, and lawlessness ran rampant. The murder rate was very high at the time, certainly much higher <laughs> than any of, of the official figures show, and many people did many terrible things. Only in the last decade or so has any semblance of law and order been established in the remote and often depressed districts of the region. Oh, I oh, just they're, want... dep- they're depressed districts? <laughs> they should just call it the Brad region. Yeah, I was just uh, going to say yeah. that. So, uh, North China is mainly villages, correct? Yeah, yeah. I would Small. say there's not a lot of industrial powerhouse. I guess I don't even know like what part of China, like uh, Hong Kong or Shanghai, are located in. I assume towards the uh, the ocean more. Uh, on the ocean because they have ports. Wow. Ports are very important. Code. So it's a water city, Jordan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kevin Costner founded it. <laughs> Don't knock it. I love that movie. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but after the four-killing year by the Ripper of China in 1998, the brief surge in street-level policing did manage to scare him into temporary mm. hiding. Thank God. Yeah. Gao Chengyong was born in 1964 in Chengi. A small county in Gansu, which was perpetually poor. After his arrest, his former neighbors had an incredibly difficult time recalling anything about him. Certainly Gao, much like young Cody, didn't take to the agrarian life. I feel you, brother. By his late teens, he joined the sea of restless workers taking advantage of the reforms and the relaxed hoku system, 
which had previously halted internal migration. Mm. In this new era, however, low-skilled laborers were able to move about the country and work where they were needed, moving on when they weren't. If you two idiots had read Up Mice and Men, <laughs> we could also draw parallels to the two protagonists of that adventure. Hey, you got to remember, wow. the listeners might have read it. Well, of course they have, but it, it, I can't make the jokes I want to if you Philistines haven't cracked a book in All your right, life. Pause it right now. I'll read of Mice and Men. It doesn't take that long. It takes an afternoon, and it's an American treasure, so go for it. Mm. Thank you. You too, audience. Now, although Hoku was relaxed, migrants like Gao were free to move and work but we're not allowed to access the benefits of better education, health care, and social security, a thriving place like Bayan offered to its citizens. Mm. This shitty caste system enabled China's booming urban middle class to make fucking bank off mm. the back of disenfranchised and docile labor force that did the hard work. Mm. For the mass majority, Hoku was a social trap. For others, however, it provided an excellent smokescreen to robe, adventure, or in Gao Chengyang's case, kill anonymously. <laughs> Makes sense. An unregistered assassin prowling among the closely watched population. Honestly, this all sounds very similar to today's America, but that's just me editorializing. Oh, oh boy. Do I sound like an edgelord now? No, yes. not at all. Thank you. Our buddy Gao was only one of many killers that were branded disorganized murderers now roaming the country, with some racking up huge body counts. There was monster killer Yang Xinhai. This is the guy I was uh, thinking about. Xinhai, I mean. Mm. Who broke into farmhouses and killed all occupants, totaling 65 victims. Hey, good score. That was the guy. He would, uh, I think he'd go find him and kill the whole family. Mm -hmm. Like, not just a person, like the whole family. The whole farmhouse. Yeah. Peng Maiji used a meat cleaver to kill 77. Impressive. I have never heard of that guy, to be honest. Wu Jianchen killed 15, and Wang Ken with 45 known victims. Killed him with his Wang? Killed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Jordan joke right there. That was solid. Yep. The lack of motive and their indiscriminate distribution and timing of their crimes baffled the still infant police force. Maybe they shouldn't have babies as their police officers. Well. Due to very strict jurisdiction beefs between regions and the judicial system not actually caring, many murders were never linked at the time. Well, I think this is the real problem, that they're not talking within each other. That's yeah. always the fucking problem. No inter-region communication. Everybody wants to be the fucking super cop instead of, like, working together. The sad thing is I think this shit still happens of everywhere. Oh, yeah. But not quite as bad. Look at super troopers. <laughs> yeah, man. The they would have solved the serial killer instantly. By watching a cartoon about it They would have made him yeah. eat mushrooms in the backseat and drove him around. <laughs> They'll fight with the town cops because it happened on a highway. That would be sweet if cops still did that like weird rivalries yeah. yeah be awesome okay have you guys seen the second one yeah not yet okay i can tell already adam doesn't like nah. it <laughs> what gave it away his Was uh, it the sad word inflection yeah. in his voice uh super troopers too yeah it was sad while the public remained in the dark about these new threats thanks to state-controlled media mm. the police were at least able to associate the killings and buy-in with a single suspect even if his identity wouldn't be known for years. So, uh, did they even send out, like, the slightest warning to people? Or no, is it just, no. you, you had to have the word of mouth from your neighbors and shit to even know that's exactly people it. were being, okay, that's and bad. And try and keep the fact that you knew about it away from Ugh. people in power, or else yeah. you might get in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Although Gao was forced into inactivity after the policing surge, his restraint would last no more than a few years. I just felt the need to kill someone. He would later tell police. <laughs> was he riding on a fucking flying carpet when he said that? <laughs> he, <to him? laughs> he admits that his methods were neither organized nor clever. While the rumors had insisted he had a fetish for red clothing and long hair, Gao later confessed he had merely wandered the streets in a fitful, horny rage, choosing victims for their appearance and suitability thank god this man has never seen the wizard of oz no he would be losing shit. his shit <laughs> he would be coming be, all over those diamond be, slippers he, dorothy, ruby red dorothy comes on the tv and he starts fucking stabbing it mm. 
God damn it, God, we just got black and white television. Why'd you stab the TV? It's better than a person, isn't it? <laughs> the post-mortem mutilations became his revenge for his victims' initial rejection of him. Ooh. Fuck them for not wanting to be surprised fucked by a strange little Chinese man, right? <laughs> yeah. What bitches? Yeah. He also said he took care to wear dark clothing to mask any blood splatter that might get on him. Uh, this guy is uh, actually a lot like Chikatilo. Like, yeah. he, remember him, he would, like, lure him into, like, rejecting him to make him a snap, mm. and then he fucking kill him? Very similar. Yeah. Though. In fact, the same. Both from communist countries, too. <laughs> In May 2001, a few months after his failed Lunar New Year assault, Gao attacked and killed a 28-year-old nurse in her home near the same address of his fourth victim. What an ass. Police were forced to enlist the help of eight specialists from the Ministry of Public Security, including Zhang Jin. He's got a bit of a mouthful of a title here. (laughs) He's the senior engineer of criminal technology at the Shanghai Railway Public Security Bureau and expert in facial composition. That's 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 almost Daenerys Targaryen worthy. No shit. So if this guy's on Tinder, he's got a lot of explaining to do for the ladies who are liking him. Yes, he really. So tell me what a senior engineer of criminal technology at the Shanghai Railroad Public Security Bureau does. And expert in facial composition. (laughs) (laughs) Instant unlike. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to talk to you anymore. (laughs) You suck. Gao's bungled 2001 assault had left behind a terrified couple and a police officer who had observed a similar-looking suspect on his way to the scene. Based on descriptions from both parties, Zhang Jin produced three character portraits, but his illustrations were only used internally, withheld from the media to avoid, as Zhang said, a negative impact on the investigation. Police launched a citywide dragnet and collected fingerprints from over 100,000 men. Whoa. Using the portraits to round up men that look similar. See, well. if, if, if China would have just watched America's Most Wanted one time. Just once. They would have realized, you know what? You can let the citizens do the work for you. You yeah. just need a smooth talking, older, silver haired gentleman. <laughs> Perfectly say. permed back fucking hair. We've got to find this son of a gun. Okay, if they watch America's Most Wanted, good. If they watched World's Deadliest Police Chases with John Walsh. Even better. Oh, fucking I even hated better. that goddamn show. I liked it just because of the chases. <laughs> I know what he's like. This criminal thought he could get away from the police officers, but they had a little something up their sleeve. Think again, bonehead. It's like they're never going to show when the uh, guy gets away. They're yeah. just not going to no. show that. These efforts led nowhere. Gao's last confirmed victim would be murdered on February 9th, 2002. Almost a year after he failed to force his way into that young woman's apartment. Mm-hmm. 25-year-old Miss Zhu had been staying long-term at a flea-ridden hostel before she ran into Gao in one of his horny, rage-filled walks. Oof. Her decomposing body was found ten days later, stripped, raped, and throat cut. Ooh, that was almost the name of a cannibal corpse song. What is, is it, it, really? Stripped, raped, and strangled. Well, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, Adam, I guess I didn't ask... Like, all his victims, were they raped? Or is it just... Yeah, everyone. Okay. Everyone. All right, all right, all right. That would be his final crime. Perhaps at 38 years old, his urges were waning along with his physical strength. Since his arrest in 2016, though, Gao has pr- proved a case study in disinterested sociopathy. Hmm. When he was asked why he took his initial six-year hiatus, he simply replied, I don't know. <laughs> Gao has given only detailed recollections of his actual crimes. He never offered any clue as to motive or how he evaded the manhunt for 30 years. Gao's calmlessness is unimaginable. Terrifying. He remembers everything clearly. One interviewer said. (laughs) I should have sounded like Ricky Lake. No, that was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Like a lot of cases we covered on here, only a mixture of luck... Grit and forensic science caught up with Gao. After his killing ceased in 2002, detectives were left flapping in the breeze. Many of the original crime scenes had been trampled and destroyed by undertrained policemen and officials trying to look important. <laughs> God damn it, Ted, you're spilling your fucking Mugu guy pan over this. Better like, not say that. <laughs> no, you should say that. It's like that. Uh, it's like that scene in Batman, though, where he's like. 
I need to take a look at the crime scene before your people ruin it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Poor even though it sucks. Is that from the first one or is yeah, that from Dark Knight? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's from Dark Knight. It might be. He's trying way too fucking hard in that movie. I love that movie. It's good. At this time, fingerprints were matched by hand with a magnifying glass, and lead investigator Zhang Enwei says his team personally tried to match 230,000 sets of prints Holy by hand. Fuck that. that. You Go. know what? That had a little pun in it. They did fingerprints by, by hand. hand. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> In addition, profilers had advised police to look for a loner with a druid (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. That would be you most days. Yeah. (laughs) A sexual perversion who hates women, reclusive and unsociable, but patient. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) As a shopkeeper with two children, Gao was a model migrant, a married man who'd nursed his dying father into a comfortable and dignified death and sent his sons off to college. You know what? These psychos, they can, bl- they can weave in and out of, like, crazy to, like, yeah. normal. I know. That was very little physical evidence. Zhang Enwei <laughs> told Beijing News, on guard against all media while the investigation was ongoing, those working the case had been told that any leaks would lead to instant dismissal, and the case would be transferred to a different department. Since Gao's arrest, only a few officials have opened up hesitantly to local reporters. Foreign reporters are shut out for fear that officials will be punished if their name appears in an overseas newspaper talking shit about China. Uh, From my understanding, that's a very real fear, (laughs) even today. Hell yes, it is. Several key members of this story were asked to be interviewed by the New Republic, which is once again where I got this entire story. Mm. But all of them pulled out saying leaders had forbidden them from contacting foreign media. Now, is the New Republic like the newspaper version of Banana Republic? No. <laughs> what I think it is, is a website full of... Uh, in, of Did the sides A have... website full of independent reporters that gathered together to make interesting, so no, engaging shit. So no, yeah. like, Hawaiian-themed shorts? You know, I wish... <laughs> You know, I mean, someone who writes for the New Republic could very well have some. And you can wear everything you buy at Banana Republic to Tommy Bahamas right next to the world. Whoa! Ooh. All right. One of Zhang's intermediaries explained, You can file a formal application for interview through the police bureau, which the author of this article says is tantamount to feeding it through a shredder. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Here, fill this out. He takes it, just wipes Thank his you. ass with it, throws it away. <laughs> I'm putting it in the bin. There you go. Put it in the round file. (laughs) It's got a brown stamp on it for expedition. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Mike Amat, who compiled the Radford University slash Florida Gulf Coast University serial killer database, had this to say. Countries such as China do suppress information about crime. One must be very cautious in interpreting any crime statistics from these countries, including the frequency of serial murder. Thank you very much, <laughs> Swedish NASCAR driver. <laughs> this guy is still alive and very, very, very important. That uh, Radford University slash FCGU serial killer database is very important, very interesting. You guys mm. should both look at it. I should, okay. I've literally never heard of that, but yeah. sounds kind of cool. Definitely. There are only 62 known serial killers in China. According to Dr. Amat's latest statistics, which must rely on internet and English media sources rather than public documents and court records. This number is compared, of course, to the 3,376 known serial killers in the U.S. USA! 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 Well, this is all because of misstatistic. (laughs) Now, the population of U.S. is 325 million. Hmm. Go ahead, Dr. Amat. Estimating how many... No. Whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right, Cody already did that. You dumb son bitch. Swedish NASCAR driver. <laughs> Estimating how many actual serial killers there has been in China is impossible. I would not be surprised if the actual rate is similar to the rate in the U.S. of A. If it were similar to the rate in the U.S., a population like China's, four times the U.S., 
would actually have over 10,000 serial killers, not 62. Hmm. It's taken until the last two decades for Chinese police to start being trained to international standards of investigation and functional labs to be accessible all throughout China. Hey, baby steps, man. I mean, shit. (laughs) At least they're getting there. Still, it wasn't until 2010 that a proper forensics lab was established in Bayan, and science would finally catch up with Gao and his DNA. Or rather, his cousins. 23 and me, let's go. Hell yeah. While their suspect had spent years in the shadows avoiding any involvement with the authorities, a relative arrested on a small corruption charge in 2016 <laughs> had given a swab. Small corruption. Yeah, I was just going to mm-hmm. say, how can you have small corruption? That's all they, that's all they put it as. <laughs> he only embezzled $10 from his company. <laughs> Compu- 10 yen, thank you. Computers found a match to some of the DNA from the crime scene, and a task force was assembled to monitor their new chief suspect, now working as a shopkeeper, maintaining his forgettable mask. Everyone thought Gao's wife was single because she was the only one ever working, a teacher told the Lanzhou Morning Post. Even if Gao hadn't been so cautious and reclusive, who on earth would connect the serious-looking balding shopkeeper with Chinese Jack the Ripper? Craig. (laughs) Prosecutors finally presented their case against Gao in in July 2017, following a year-long preparation, which was highly unprecedented. Prosecutors had to ensure there are no false positives, just in case someone years later jumps out and says, that was me, Gao's lawyer explained. I wanted to do it like, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Did I do that? (laughs) Yes, Urkel, you're killing (laughs) Chinese women. That was Steve. I could see him doing it, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think deep down Urkel's a... Hate-filled, horny, rage boner. <laughs> okay, fueled. who does he become? Stefan Urkel. Okay, so they have Urkel, Stefan, and then Gao. He's mm-hmm. the third guy that comes <laughs> out of his little machine. <laughs> at the end of the two-day trial at the Bayan Intermediate People's Court in Gansu region, Gao stood and bowed three times to his victims' families, then offered to donate his organs. Is he thinking this is, like, going to get him off? <laughs> Lacking any explanation, Gao's act of contrition appears as meaningless as his crimes. He was sentenced to die in March 2019, and it was carried out in January by firing squad. Whoa. His motive, if it existed at all, will never be known. This a, so two Rage months boners. ago. Two, holy shit. That's yeah. insane. He was just shot. Wow. Two months ago. I, yeah. I mean, okay, so he was busted in 2016. Mm-hmm. Because I'm of his cousin. They, I'm surprised they waited that long. I figured the Chinese government would have killed him, like, really fast. Oh, like right away? Yeah. yeah. Well, they took that year to prepare. Oh. Make sure they, they had invested. a yeah. waterproof exactly. case. But it was a two-day But even if water trial. got in there, they could just put it in rice and it would be fine. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was thinking of, like, like Chikatilo. I'm pretty sure they killed him, like... Oh, you're guilty. Boom. Mm. Just blasting him in the head. Yeah. Put but, down uh, that sick puppy. Yeah, that was... Honestly, I've never heard of this guy, and yeah. obviously he's a sick fuck. I didn't uh, even know China had serial killers. Well, okay. only 62, so... <laughs> okay, now, wouldn't when you read that statistic, I was thinking, do you know what the estimated population would have been, say, in, like, 88? Because it wouldn't have been a it billion. It still would have been... Yeah, yeah like, but it still would have been four times the U.S. Mm, okay. And then, like, we expanded it. But you're probably... This guy is probably right, because the cops hide so much shit. Yeah. There's no way of knowing. No. <clears throat> 62 are just, like, the ones they couldn't hide, yeah, probably. Right. The ones that were so big that it was like, this is an international thing, almost. Man, what it would be like to look through them records, though. Fuck. That'd be awesome. Brutal. Why can't some hackers get in on this shit and, like, look at look at what they're hiding there? Mm, that would be dope. But, yeah, this guy, man, whew, he's a... So, you, so, like, his childhood, we don't really know. They just He was just a regular guy that hated farming and took <laughs> off and got pregnant and I, had some kids I'm gonna, and had a bloodlust. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume there's probably deeper problems Has in there. Has to be. <laughs> Especially when you stab women like 30 that's plus a times. pretty wild guess, Cody. Yeah. I yeah. like, you know what? I like that you're, you'll <laughs> keep it a guess, but... Uh, hey, I don't want to be a judgmental asshole no. here, but... You don't want to be a slappy Susan. So... It was Lauren Conrad's fault, LC. and 
he went on a killing spree. And Heidi Montague. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brody. And Brody. <laughs> Who well, probably has Spencer. killed people. Oh, oh, yep, Spencer. Fucking Spencer. I always forget about, like, the ultimate TV douche. God, he was the worst. Spencer. He was oh. the worst. I don't know, man. Some of the people on Jersey Shore are a little douchier than he was. Yeah, they're, but, they're, but they're, like, funny douche. I mean... I think they're funny douche. Spencer's just straight up douche. Yeah, sure. yeah. And he's got Spencer like a douche, a... a douche mustache. Yeah. And then uh, Heidi, remember when she got all that pra- plastic surgery and she looks like a rubber ducky yeah. kind of? Oh yeah. <laughs> like you squeeze her and it make her a little squeaky noise. <laughs> She's got a lot of plastic on her. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, I think Spencer was a little abusive. If I'm being honest with you. Uh you know what? If you're that big of a dick, you probably yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Don't be abusive. No. Try not to. Keep your hands to yourself. Unless... Jordan asks for it. Jordan wants it. Hmm. Uh, thank you. Thank no, you, thank you Adam. Adam. That was, uh, that was a that lot was of a, fun. That was a great story. I enjoyed that one. As always, if you know of any international serial <laughs> killers, you can send them in to bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod. Don't be afraid to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bumblebutt Podcast. Instagram being, of course, our main focus right now. Hit us up. We also get, get, have get personal it. Instagrams. Mine is at Bumble Adam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. And Cody's is just Bumblebutt Podcast. Right. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody. Hmm. iTunes review our answers. Or no, our cries have been answered. How many? We got two bad boys yes. here. Woo! Thank any, you. Any written? Two written. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Start reading. We, Hell yeah, we spent people. two hours Hell yeah. crafting this beautiful episode, and they heard our cries, and they came to our rescue. Tell me a username and tell me a review. They pulled us off the ledge. <laughs> so Gabriella Lee, we remember her. She had a question yep. from last mm, week. Mm. She says, killing it, five stars. Thought about leaving this blank since y'all love those ones. Ha ha. But <laughs> I'm loving the podcast so much. Y'all's banter keeps me coming back every week. Congrats on 50 episodes, guys. Yes, thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Thank you so that, much. That's Gabriel. awesome. Now, the next one's from Kim at the Dark Rokes Pod. Excellent. Exclamation point. Don't miss out on Bubba Butt. These guys are great hosts. And the comprehensive, careful research they put into their topics is unparalleled. Keep up the good work, Kim the Dark Roast Pod. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kim. It hey. sounds like the Dark Roast Pod should also be listened to. Yeah. I agree. You know why? Because I Dark Roast is my favorite kind of coffee. Oh, oh. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Is there more caffeine per capita? Actually, no, it's actually less caffeine. You know, is there? The lighter has more caffeine. But it doesn't taste as good. Mm. I, I love like mine shit. Light. Black as you can get it. I like the light roast. Yeah. I'm a little baby. <laughs> I just uh, made a pot of French roast today. Ooh, we nice need, and dark. We need to put our special announcement on here about Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So this Tuesday, March 19th at approximately 7.30 p.m. Central Time, um, we're going to be doing a Between the Bumbles live. And we would love you guys to come join in with us, uh, ask us questions, bring up stupid topics we can talk about, uh, make fun of Jordan. We'll make fun of him. Make Cody's going to punch microphones with his <laughs> arm. <laughs> Help us make fun of Jordan because Please he do. deserves it, goddammit. And, and if you're lucky, maybe Craig will be tied up with his bondage ropes in the background. Could you imagine if we got <laughs> Craig over for the line between the ball? I wish we had a green screen and then we can just like get a picture of him and God. put him back there. <laughs> uh, I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> also, that uh, we'll grab the audio from that and just use that for Between the Bumbles next week, too, then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast. We really do appreciate you, and that's going to be a good night from me. I'm Adam. That's going to be a good night from Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And that's going to be a good night from Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And as always, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. You guys help. Yes. <laughs>